Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, got Adam. How's it going, Adam? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Yeah. Not, not too much going on. Just, yeah, enjoying the Halloween weekend here. Yeah, we're finally getting rain after it was, like, dry for for a long time. And now I'm like, this seems about right, raining on Halloween weekend. But, you know what, it is what it is. I, I saw kids trick-and-treating last night, even though it was raining out. So it's like, it wasn't stopping them. So. Oh yeah, they're they're doing anything for the candy, you know. Yeah. Vacated. For sure. Uh, and I guess yes, I keep thinking this is not your podcast debut, Alma, but it is because we've just been chatting for a while, and like I'm like I'm sure the podcast listeners have heard her already, but then it just dawned on me this is your first podcast appearance. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah, you're going to be reviewing some movies with us. You actually watched the movie this week for a review, which actually there was a funny story behind that because we were both going to go see the movie. And then you showed up to the right movie theater. I did not. <laughs> like, do you want to rush over here? I'm like, ah, it's all fine. Almost there. She's got this. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I must say, you didn't miss much, though. No. Well, no. I think you and uh, Spark, who's right out the cast today. How's it going, Spark? We are here, baby. Hoping uh, Russell Wilson can throw a touchdown or two. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, both of you saw Pray for the Devil, so you can let us know your thoughts on that movie. Um, I did. Let's go. Yeah, let's let's go. And then we got our movie club this week, Mr. Wright. Uh, which actually I got a funny behind-the-scenes story on that one. All right. Uh, yeah, let's jump into the news because there's a lot of news this week. DC, Marvel, maybe even a little bit of Sony. Sony was, like, just kind of puttering out, like, a little thing. But, like, everyone else was like, like this is a big week for comic book movie news. They just kind of laid it all out for everyone to see. So... Um, let's start with the trailers, because we did get a couple trailers this week. The first was the Ant-Man Quantumania trailer. Uh, yeah. I think I, I linked in the Slack of me, my pal, where it was like, uh, Spy Kids 3D walked so Ant-Man Quantumania could run. 
uh, I was like, balls. That seems about right. Um, but yeah. I saw, like, Paramount even tweeted a picture of the Spy Kids movie and with the caption that was, like, the blueprint or something. That's that was, hilarious. I was like, that's funny. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes movie studio, uh, social media, they, they, they can be a little clever. But, um, yeah. Uh, what did everyone think of the trailer? I liked it. Um, as soon as it got tweeted out, I, I, I said in on Instagram, like any anytime a trailer uses Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, I'm probably going to like it a little bit. Um, uh, we'll see about Kang. Uh, but, I mean, I liked, the, I liked his variant. Mm-hmm. I like Jonathan Majors. So, you know, we'll see if he can hold up as the big bad. I'll, I'll let everyone else go. Yeah. What about you, Adam? I'm, uh, I'm curious to see what Bill Murray is doing in this movie. Mm. Like he was, he was there for like a split second. I was like, "Oh, Marvel got him." So there was some kind of rumor that like he's some like some kind of like leader or general type like rallying people against King. So like pro- probably put him on the side of good. This seems like a good character to kill. Yeah, like. Someone that is going to play someone that they'll know, like, oh, you guys like Bill Murray. No. So we can kill him because it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> like, that's yeah. an easy out. Well, I think, like, that's the, the idea, too, is, like, yeah, you need to set up Kang as a villain. Like, so if you kill Bill Murray, well, shit. That shit starts getting real, then you're like, oh, well. Now I got to start paying attention. But, uh, yeah. I, I thought the trailer looked good um i think my only real issue with it is like it's kind of hard to tell like what's the plot of this like what are they like i get it it seems like they're kind of going through like some kind of like adventure through the quantum realm uh i'm just kind of like oh what's that all gonna lead to like is kang gonna be the ultimate big bad we know that modok's coming back they held off on showing him um so i'm just kind of like uh i'm a little like hmm how do all these pieces come together? But so far, the pieces, while they don't connect, are still very pretty and, and look cool. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, if anything, you hooked me on that. But then again, that's how I got hooked into watching Love and Thunder, and look where that took us. So, <sighs> yeah. Alma, did, did you watch the trailer at all? No, I have to catch on in that one. Uh, there was also the Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special trailer, which it's kind of funny considering what other James Gunn news there was this week, but we'll get to that in a bit. But like, yeah, it, it, it looks like a holiday special. They go to Earth and meet up with Kevin Bacon. So that looks exciting. It was pretty funny to see Kevin Bacon, but yeah. James Gunn was such a troll because I remember he was saying, like, oh, like, my favorite, like, character in the MCU is going to show up in this special. And he's like, surprise, my favorite character is Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Such but, a troll. 
Yeah. It, it looks fun, though. Yeah. And it's one of those special presentations, so I don't think it's going to be overly long. Probably, like, 40 or 50 minutes. Something like that. So. Which I'm fine with. Doesn't need to be super long. Get in. Get out. Tell the story you need to. I'm fine with that. I didn't see the trailer, but when you mentioned Kevin Bacon, I was hoping we were getting him as, as the X-Men villain. Oh, no. They literally just have Kevin Bacon as a, in as Kevin Bacon, like, in the trailer. Uh, Drax is like, I know what would make a great gift for Peter Quill. We'll go find his hero, Kevin Bacon, and then they crash into Kevin Bacon's home, and he's like, what? Oh. Okay, well, I mean, I'll probably watch it, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, like, reminded me a little bit of the Star Trek movie when they go to San Francisco. That's kind of the vibes I got from it. It was like... Yes, very look, much. Look at these zany people out of time, you know? Like, alright. Alright. Um, we're getting a Vision series coming to Disney Plus called Vision Quest. We'll see Paul Bettany's Vision trying to regain his memories in humanity. And Scarlet Witch is expected to return. Uh, so, uh, uh, spoiler, I guess. <laughs> um... Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we got, uh, we got Vision coming back. I think the, the Scarlet Witch one is a little more surprising considering that, like, yeah, if you watched, uh, Multiverse of Madness, it definitely seemed like there was, they, they put her underneath a mountain for now, but nobody's ever dead in these movies, so. But, yeah. Anyone here really care to see a Vision series? No, um, fair. I like Paul. I think he's solid as Vision, but boy, I don't like it. That's so weird to me that they would do that when there are so many living characters that uh, they they could explore, or there's much. You know, you could introduce someone that's important in the Fantastic Four because you have that coming up soon. It just seems like a waste to go backwards. I, I I don't I like I don't get it like um, a Mantis series probably would have like if we're you know I would rather have heard more about her unless they're gonna kill her in the third Guardians which is very possible yeah um, but anyway that's my that's my bit yeah I guess it's also yeah. being written or directed by the same people behind um uh, WandaVision, which I don't know. I had some issues with WandaVision. I think a lot of people did. So I am a little concerned that it's like if it, if they were bringing on some new people, like some fresh blood, I'd be like, okay, cool. This is just like I don't know, guys. Like if this is just WandaVision again, we have Ralph Boner all over again. Like so, help me God, I'm just gonna be done. Cock out. What about you, Adam? Would you uh, tune in to see Vision Quest? Probably not, honestly. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I kind of like Vision, but I don't know if I don't know what we're really gonna do with the whole show with him. I kind of thought he would just start popping up as a cameo in the movies, or I have expected it to see him in the the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Um, but. 
Yeah, so I'm kind of like, I don't know where he's been or, um, I don't know, he just seems like a very solitary kind of figure, um, yeah. like, and it's kind of, I don't know how you're really going to base a show around that, um, mm -hmm. but, yeah, I don't know, I guess we'll see what they do. There was a comic called Vision Quest, and I'm kind of wondering, like, what that story arc is like, um... Yeah. It kind of like, it kind of looks like a place a little bit similarly to what's going on with Vision right now. Uh, they say in the in the chapter of West Coast Adventures, which obviously this wouldn't really be, but still, uh, the Vision receives a startling transformation after he's kidnapped and has his memory wiped and discovers the true and tragic nature of his children with Scarlet Witch, plus. The U.S. agent joins the A-Team and the Great Lakes Avengers make their spectacular debut. So, uh, maybe they're not adapting this. Maybe it's just name only, but... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, it does seem like they're at least pulling a little bit from, like, the idea of, like, Vision getting his memory wiped. So, yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. And then on to some Star Wars stuff. Ms. Marvel director Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy will helm uh, Damon Lindelof's upcoming Star Wars movie. It'll be set after the rise of Skywalker and will feature returning sequel trilogy characters. And I'm sure everybody loves this because everyone loved the sequels. Not. I thought Damon Lindelof was directing. No, apparently. Or he's just writing. He's just oh. writing, yeah. I would love. I, I actually probably would have preferred him directing, to be honest. But you know how these things are; they're made by committee. Now, like fifty people work on these movies, so. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Do, do, <sighs> do you care about seeing Rise of Skywalker characters again? Like. Rey no, I hope they just like don't like. I honestly just hope they don't acknowledge any of that mm. and just do like a new trilogy and like a whole new part of the galaxy that's in the Star Wars universe, but not really connected. Maybe like Luke, Luke Skywalker is just kind of like a myth or a legend, but mm. like, I don't want to see any of those characters. <laughs> I was not a fan of the sequel trilogy, if you can't tell. I, I think a lot of people weren't. Um... Yeah, I guess in my mind, I'm like, I, I just don't need to see more of this. Like, I'm okay. I, I'd rather we just get new stories. But the problem with that is, yeah. of course, people don't want new stories. They want to see Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber or Ahsoka or whatever. It's like, okay. Yeah. It I mean, you could give us, like, some cool new Jedi. Yeah. Maybe, like, I don't know. I don't know who they could bring back, like who's still alive to kind of either in the universe or in real life to like tie in. Yeah. That's not a sequel trilogy character. But... Yeah, I think that's that's one going to be tough. Uh, unless they brought in like Mandalorian, because hypothetically he could still be alive during this time period. But um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, Disney reportedly wants Kathleen Kennedy to stop announcing new projects, which I just find hilarious because uh, she announces projects and then people go, eh, I don't know if you really, like, are actually going to make this. And then the movies she announces get, like, canceled or put on hold. And now even Disney's like, 
you just gotta stop. Like, just just stop announcing things. Like, only announce it when it's ready to go or something. So, yeah. Yeah, because there's like a number of like trilogies that were announced. Like, I'm so confused what's happening with Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I thought Taika Waititi was supposed to be doing a trilogy. Yeah, apparently uh, that's on hold indefinitely now. And that's kind of what, like, spurred this because, I mean, sure, whatever is going on with Star Wars otherwise, people are like, yeah, but, like, everyone was like, oh, at least we're getting that Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. And then, yeah. There's also, like, Kevin Feige one that he wanted to make. And we don't know what's going on with that, but probably that's dead in the water, too. It's just... Wasn't, like, a, wasn't like Patty Jenkins supposed to be doing a Star Wars movie, too? Yeah, she was supposed to be doing a Rogue One movie, but that... Same thing. Uh, nobody, Nobody's said anything about that movie, but I think Patty Jenkins has essentially said, like, off the cuff that, like, yeah, it's not happening, so... Yeah. So, yeah. I, I do love that, like, Disney has to tell one of its top executives, like, hey, just stop announcing shit. Like, please. <laughs> we need you to just stop. Like, we haven't actually greenlit this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's maybe wait to see if these people finish this movie before you announce it. Which honestly might be the better way to do it, given how their track record is. But all right, all right, on to DC. DC had a very busy week this week because uh, Warner Brothers Discovery appointed James Gunn mm -hmm. and Peter Safran to lead uh, DC's film, TV, and animation uh, division as co-CEOs. Big move over at DC. A lot of people were upset. People were saying like. Oh, you Marvel fine, my DC, I'm out, bye. And I was like, all right. Uh, I think it's a little more complex than that, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why so many people were kind of mad and losing their minds over this news, because I thought this was, you know, I, not my, uh, it was kind of a surprising pick, maybe not my first pick, but I think it was a good choice nonetheless. Mm. Um, and, I mean, just the fact that they're establishing, like, a separate DC Studios Kind of the same way that Disney has like Marvel Studios. I think that's gonna really help um, getting more films out, mm -hmm. more comic accurate films. I mean, it was kind of just under the house of Warner Brothers. Like they really just do Batman because that's like a box office guarantee. But maybe we can get some more projects now. Well, and what was interesting too is like uh, you know. You hear of James Gunn, he's always like, oh, I wanted to put this character in Guardians 3, but, like, couldn't get it done. And, like, oh, he wanted to do, I think it, the Suicide Squad, he wanted to have Superman be the villain at one point. Like, he definitely has the ideas, but he's always been kind of limited by Studio Brass, so now he is the Studio Brass. Like, I think maybe mm -hmm. he can make these things happen a bit more. Um I think that's, in a way, that's what DC needs right now. Like, they need somebody who's going to kind of, like, go out there and get those things done rather than just be like, no, nah, we're not going to put Superman in this movie or no, nah, we're not going to do that. Like, that, in yeah. that part, it's a good thing. Uh, I think where it's potentially a downside is he's not an executive. He's a filmmaker. And, like, the whole process of getting movies made is also, like, courting filmmakers and writers and other stuff and getting them to work on your movies and... I, I don't know if James Gunn is necessarily going to be the kind of person that, like, say, a, a semi-respectable 
uh, movie director is going to want to uh, talk to and work with when maybe they, they have their own views on, on him as a filmmaker. So I think that's kind of why they brought in Peter Safran, because I think he kind of balances that side of it out. Uh, that's why I was kind of interested when I saw they were co-CEOs, because at first I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But then I was like, actually, that makes a lot of sense, because I don't think they want to leave everything to James Gunn. They kind of want to leave some things up to um, Pierce Saffron as well. but Yeah, I think it's good to have that kind of both of them for to kind of balance the business side there. Because yeah. uh, that was kind of one of my concerns, like creatively, like I hope James Gunn can kind of give different writers and directors kind of, you know, that kind of creative freedom. And he's not too like pushing his own style onto them too much. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the other guy is a good balance. Yeah, and he's worked with James Gunn before, so like they do have a bit of a working relationship. Uh, so that's good. I think it's just more that yeah, we're gonna get a little bit more. I think Peter Saffron's there to handle the the aspects of the business that maybe um, James Gunn is not quite equipped to handle. So, um, but Spark, what do you think of this? Yeah, you guys pretty much. I was surprised as well. Like I thought the Su- the Suicide Squad was great, um, but one one film does not a runner of a studio make. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, Down Into Galaxy One and Two was solid as well. But if you would give, I, we'll see. I agree with the idea that other directors may see themselves like what's nice about Kevin and Disney in general is that Kevin's kind of like above that, right? Like even when it started, mm-hmm. like it's it's difficult, I think, for teammates, right? If if I'm a coach and you're a coach, why, why am I listening to you? I know how to do yeah. it. Potentially, in my opinion, better. Uh, so it's going to be weird to have to go to you and be like, let me do this, please. So we'll see. Um, he hasn't made a bad comic book. Like the, so it's, you know, there, there's at least that. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it's not, it's not like the first, it's not like what was happening before was that great. It was very, dis- you know, it was a couple of good movies, but it was disjointed. It's like, can we move as one? Yeah. Please. 100%. And, um, yeah, and it's interesting that, like, they're basically going to, they're saying that, like, for the most part, I mean, there's going to be a few exceptions, but, like, I think once you get past the existing slate, like, going forward, there's going to be just, yeah, like a unified DC universe. Um and I think that's awesome. Like, I think that, you know, something I've always wanted is that, like, yeah, you, at least, not like Marvel in the sense that, like, it's always jokey and whatnot, but, like, more like Marvel and that, like, every movie I watch contributes to some kind of, like, shared narrative universe that, like, if I watch the Batman, or not the Batman that just came out, but, like, a Batman movie that, like, hypothetically Superman could show up and they could all go into it like a justice league movie and like we were supposed to get that with the dceu but then it just kind of like devolved into whatever nonsense it turned into but like at least on paper it was supposed to be like that and uh, i think now they have a chance to actually do that where you can watch yeah like 
I think what they're going to eventually build up to is like a Justice League movie, but like that's what I'm excited to see is like them kind of like take the time to like build out this new universe. Um, I don't know if they're going to like keep some of the cast or whatnot. Like, I don't know if they want to keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman or something, but I'd be interested to see if like they could bring some of those actors and actresses back. Cause I think some of them are really good casting. Um, you know, I'd be fine with some of them coming back. And even if it's like, you don't acknowledge the movies that came before, but like even just having those actors back would still be pretty cool. So, no. A lot of decisions for, for, for them to make, I think, in the next uh, coming weeks. They don't start until Tuesday. That's the first day of the job for them, but yeah. Well, the, uh, Wonder Woman 3 is a go, right? So we know that whatever excuse me, future plans they have, this has got to fit in somehow. Yeah. Uh, be, it, be it a swan song to the character or whatever um mm-hmm. but black adam is was uh did a great job of kind of create like they had small touches nothing crazy and so yeah. uh, you know of course the big reveal which has been spoiled at this point but um they lightly touched the other world but they pretty much just did their own thing like uh and i'm like well yeah that's would it kill you todd phillips to have Amanda Waller in one scene, I know they're not going to, but I'm just saying, like, you can do your own thing, but would it, could, could there just be a wink-wink to, I mean, Amanda Waller, but actually, well, it would make sense age-wise, but I'm just saying, like, these movies that are like, we're our own thing, it's like, it's okay to be a part of something, maybe yeah. DC can convince them. That, Batman too. doesn't you know, the whole, just a poster of, of a character, you know, of Superman, maybe. Mm. You already referenced Superman. Why not have a poster of Henry Cobble somewhere? Yeah. It wouldn't change the movie at all, and the fans would love it. I think, like, yeah. it. it I think the thing is, too, is, like, you want to have at least some, like, consistency to the tone. Like, you don't want to have, like, I don't know, movies that kind of all feel the same, and then one that's, like, an outlier. I think that's maybe... Like, for better or for worse, the Marvel movies all kind of more or less are the same like tonally like they they generally are like comedic with action and whatnot like there's that consistency to it again i'm not saying that that's like the best i i have some issues with that kind of formula personally but like i don't know i think that's kind of what they did like as much as you maybe mock or don't like the marvel formula quote unquote like i think dc's gotta figure that out like what's their dc formula and I think it's going to more or less be what the Marvel thing does, but I really don't. I really hope that they at least shy away from just too much humor because I think sometimes that gets really out of hand. I'm looking at you, Thor: Love and Thunder, where it's like it's not even funny; it's just obnoxious, and you're just like, please stop. <laughs> it's not funny. But uh, speaking of which, the DCEU is no more. It's now the DCU, the DC Universe. That's that's it. That's the new universe they've created. Very, very similar to the MCU, so not that far off. Maybe they wanted something that sounded similar, at least uh, like that. But, yeah, DCU. DCU. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never really knew what the extended really stood for. It's like... <laughs> It's extended like, of course the universe is extended. Like, <laughs> Yeah. 
DCU, keep it simple. Yeah, I like it. I don't, I'm like, you know what? It's simple, rolls off the tongue. It also definitely makes it seem like, hey, this is the like the definitive universe. Like, hey, this is the DC universe. Not the extended universe, not the extra universe, not the second universe. Like, it's just the DC universe. Like, just simple. Keeps it streamlined. But uh, speaking of, uh, in the announcement of all of this, there was some updates on some upcoming movies. Uh, Joker 2, uh, which who knows what it'll ultimately be called, but uh, is going to be separate from this new DCU, which makes a whole lot of sense, I guess. You know, I, I think they're they're going to let that Joker movie be its own thing and not try to tie it into whatever current stuff they're doing with DC movies eventually. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of thought it was separate. Um, mm-hmm. like kind of separate from the, the main DC universe. Well, because like, it, originally it was DC Black Label too. Um, right. The Black Label from the comics publisher, like they would always do kind of like one-off or like Elseworld type stories. Um, so it kind of made sense to me. You could have like kind of these this, these Black Label DC movies that would be kind of just kind of their own thing that would just exist at... at you know, uh, apart from everything else, um, I don't know if they're going to still go with the black label type naming or branding, but uh, yeah, they got. They, I guess they'll have to do something to make it clear that it is separate, because people will be, you yeah. know, like everyone thought Joker was going to be connected to the Batman and all this stuff, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's great that they announced it, but yeah, I think they could probably do a bit better to like, yeah, make like say like hey this black label is like us just doing whatever else it doesn't connect to the dcu i mean they probably don't have to always make movies for it but i think it helps it's like a good scapegoat for when you do make a movie that isn't mm-hmm. you could just be like ah it's black label don't worry about it like it's not canon exactly yeah uh the batman sequel the batman 2 uh not expected to arrive until theaters until 2025 at the earliest so, still ways off before the Batman sequel is set to arrive. Um, I don't know. Uh, right. I, at least, I think they're writing the script right now, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they'll probably start filming it like late 2023, something like that. So, we'll I mean, see. at least we get the shows and stuff. There's mm-hmm. like the Penguin series and stuff in the meantime. In the meantime, sorry. And I'm um, glad they're not canceling, like, a Batman sequel. Uh, you know, I, I would like them to finish a trilogy. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, I wouldn't mind if they even went beyond a trilogy. But I don't think that's going to be likely. I think they're probably just going to close out this trilogy and then reboot with a new Batman actor. For better or for worse, unfortunately. Or, I don't know, maybe keep uh, whatever his name is. Robert Pattinson and just... Re- reboot with a new continuity but that one might be tough because I think he his version of the Batman is like I don't know if it ne- necessarily lends itself to like a shared universe but we'll see uh, HBO Max's Green Lantern series is being retooled to focus on Jon Stewart I think originally it was like Alex Gardner or something like that like it was a bit more random characters but a lot of people like Jon Stewart so that's good yeah. Jon Stewart's an easy one to, to focus 
um yeah i don't know the i don't know what the original idea for the show was i, I know it's been in development for several years um i know a big problem was that i think it was originally jeff johns was kind of heavily involved and now they kind of want to get him out of the film stuff of dc mm-hmm. um but yeah I don't, yeah just do john stewart you can even throw in some other lanterns like see some of the more alien type lanterns and stuff um yeah that's if they can actually get the show made if i can see something yeah. from it i'll be more excited yeah but i sounds like it you know if uh gun and saffron there that they're gonna go ahead with this in kind of a new direction so so that's good yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see where what they do with this uh obviously a lot of people want idris elba I kind of doubt he would do it. He seems a little too old at this point, but... Yeah, he's too old. I'm trying to think of, like, who the guy was in Top Gun Maverick who would have been, like, perfect for it, in my mind. Um, I want to look hmm. up the cast from Top Gun Maverick quickly, but... Uh, uh, this person's not on top billion. That was disappointing. Um, Jay Ellis. Yeah, that's it. They should look at him. I'm not saying he 100% should be John Stewart, but I, I, bring him in for a read, uh, James Gunn. Since you're you're probably listening, no, you're probably not. Um, yeah, I would, I would like uh, Daniel. I always forget how to pronounce his name, Kaluya or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, I know that he's actively in the Marvel universe, but like barely, you know? So, uh, yeah. I don't know if he, he, I know he also doesn't look like John Stewart does in the comics, but like, I don't think people care. No. Um, he obviously has star power, uh, is the right age. And, um, anyway, that's, if we're doing fantasy casting, I, I would like to see, I would like to see a bit more buffed up him. Yeah. And the thing is he works with Warner Brothers. He, uh, did that one, movie that came out last year um, about the FBI informant. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but... Oh, the Black Messiah, Jonah? Or not Jonah? Yeah, yeah. Um, Judas. Judas. Judas Black Messiah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or Michael B. Jordan, of course, would be perfect, like literally perfect. For yeah. a story, he even kind of looks like him. That'd be um, a good Speaking of Judas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, that was the key stamp, though. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Michael B. Jordan, obviously, I don't know if after Fantastic Four, he's like, I'm done with this. Not yeah. Fan- yeah, Fantastic Four, because he died in Marvel, so he's like, done with that. He's like, I've, I've done everything I'm going to do. Yeah. I mean, well, I even uh, hope they give uh, maybe Wayne T. Carr a shot. Who was he was already casted as John Stewart um, by Zack Snyder there for his movie, but wasn't Warner Brothers didn't allow him to be in the film, I guess, because they said they had plans for the character, and I guess this is it. So, but I don't know, maybe give him a shot at auditioning for the role. Yeah, I just looked him up. Yeah, he uh, he's actually a little older than I thought, like looking at his face. But anyway, yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. Well, gotta get that eventually. 
speaking of HBO Max series, Arkham Asylum, that series enlists the staircases Antonio Campos as director showrunner. Solid choice. The staircase was a good uh, murder mystery show. Um, not sure if that's the direction they want to take this Arkham Asylum series, but I mean, still quality quality show. Uh, and he's worked with uh, HBO before because HBO put out the staircase, so I think it's a case of work with who you know. So, any other thoughts on this one? I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we see a lot of Batman villains just like, you know, in Arkham or kind of locked up and whatever. And I just hope they throw in all those kind of Easter eggs, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh. On to Sony news. Sony was like, we got some news too. And it was uh, Venom 3 to be directed by the writer of the first two films, Kelly Marshall. If you're like, who's Kelly Marshall? I'm pretty sure a lot of other people were probably asking that same question. Because relative unknown, at least from a directing standpoint. But yeah. Wrote the first two Venoms. So I guess, you know, they know the... The... Uh, the ends of the Venom Venomverse, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyone here excited for that? Cautiously optimistic. Yes, exactly. Because I really liked the first Venom, and the second one was bad, so... Uh, we'll see! <laughs> yeah. Give us Miles Morales, unless you don't have the rights. But... In that case, give us Andrew Garfield. Yeah, there you yes. go. Do like some crazy like War of the Symbiotes or something like just all these Venoms fighting and just make it look insane. Um, but yeah, looking up, she's been an actress. She's been a writer. She's never directed anything. She's got two movies in pre-production, and one of them is Venom 3. The other is a movie called The Ferryman. So maybe based on what Sony has seen as The Ferryman, they maybe thought she could handle Venom 3. Uh, I guess I'm like, whatever happened to Andy Serkis, could he not come back? Um, but Yeah, I kind of expected him, but I guess... Uh, I mean, he's a busy guy. He does lots of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know, like, she she's the kind of person that, like, I, she was working on that movie Saving Mr. Banks. And uh, she's worked with, like, Disney before. And she's kind of, like, one to, like, prod in through the mythology of the characters and whatnot. And she said that, like, you know, she's the kind of person that'll dig in and like try to like get certain characters in the movie and stuff like that. So I think that bodes well for Venom Three. Like if you can kind of take that methodology and be like, hey, let's try to like load in all these characters and like just make it a fun, entertaining movie. Then sure. But you know, or also bring in Andrew Garfield. I think that would be cool too. And then he can finally fight an alien. So. All right. Um. And then final bit of news, and probably the biggest head-scratcher of the week, is The Witcher Season 4 recasts 
uh, Geralt of Rivia with Liam Hemsworth and Henry Cavill is to exit the series. Um, bit of a surprise. I don't. I don't think anyone really saw this coming. It seemed like Henry Cavill was really on board with uh, being the Witcher, and now he's not. So, uh, Adam, I know you're a big fan of the show. What did you think of this news? Um, I don't know if I say big fan, but yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it. Um, <laughs> Fair. but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was very surprising. I did not expect them to re- recast uh, Gerald. Like, um, I mean, I have heard, like, I know Henry Cavill is a big fan of, of the material of the Witcher, like the book series, uh, mm-hmm. and the games. Um, but apparently the, the actual writers of the show, I don't know, there's been some news and stuff that they're, they're very kind of against the source material. Yeah, which which is weird, and they want to make some changes. So maybe there's some of that stuff, but I don't know. I'm also thinking because Cavill just came back for Superman too, and he did an Instagram post like the day before or something about that, where he's like, you know, there's a lot more Superman to come, um, you know, and the patience is going to be rewarded, kind of thing. So I'm thinking like maybe that contract was bigger than we thought and uh maybe the money was just too juicy to pass up you know he's like okay bye netflix i'm going back to being superman i think it's partially that i don't think it's fully 100 percent that my my theory is and this is my my two cents is that like he took a break from uh season three of the witcher to film that cameo for uh black adam and uh I'm sure, like, he's got other projects on the go that are not just, like, Superman stuff, but I'm sure that and Superman, like, it kind of builds into this idea that, like, it's going to start to delay The Witcher, and I don't think they want to delay it that much. I think they want to mostly keep some kind of Witcher content coming out every year, and I'm sure it's just, yeah, Henry Cavill just probably going to keep it up, but I don't think it's, like, exclusively the Superman stuff, but, like, I'm sure that played a part of it. Like, I'm sure... You know, he wants to do these other things, but he also, you know, he can't just go and be like, I'm going to, you know, just have my show uh, wait for me while I film all this other stuff. So at least it's good that he bows out. Uh, You know, I know he liked the role, so I can't imagine it was an easy choice for him. But yeah, my my guess is, is that, yeah, he just probably didn't want to delay the production much longer. And, you know, yeah. I just think it'd be really funny if they like just like cut cut him across the face or something, and they're like, "Oh, we rebuilt your face," and then it's like Liam Hemsworth instead of Henry Cavill. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna acknowledge that like someone's gonna cast a spell and like rearrange his face or something. Like, yeah, that would be like, funny. Just a little yeah. like in universe reason, I kind of doubt they will. I think they'll probably just be like, "Oh, here he is. He's the Witcher," and they'll probably have a few characters be like. Oh, Geralt, like, they'll just overly use his name just to, like, really emphasize it, but, yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for news. I told you there was a lot of news. Let's take a break, and then we're going to come back and review uh, a show and a couple of movies. All right. Back in a bit. Hey everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, 
They've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up, and you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. All right, we're back. Uh, first review of the week is going to be Tales of the Jedi. This is a new Disney Plus kind of like anthology series. Uh, not really, I guess. <laughs> well, it's anthology, but it's not because uh, I thought they were going to follow more characters than they did. Uh, and they really just followed Count Doku and Ahsoka, which totally fine but i guess i was like expecting a bit more like i was expecting a few more jedi to pop up but not really um yeah it's a relatively short show uh the episodes are relatively short and can all be digested in like one city more or less uh and it's kind of like two simultaneous stories one is kind of the fall count doku how he went from being a jedi to being a sith and the other is ahsoka and how she kind of went from being taken away as a child to trans Jedi to, uh, you know, her kind of surviving the, the rise of the Empire. Um, I thought this was really good, actually. And it was very, uh, the stories that they told were really interesting and really, like, beautifully animated. Uh, my only issue is that I did feel like there were some episodes that felt redundant. Stories that they told that could have been told. Uh, that were already told in other episodes. So it just kind of felt a little redundant to be like, oh, Count Doku uses uh, very questionable methods and then to like come back around like an episode later and be like, Count Doku uses questionable methods. And you're like, I kind of got that already. Like, I didn't need that reiterated a second time. But uh, that's kind of why I was hoping there'd be a, maybe like another character that pops up, like instead of just focusing on the two. But I don't know, maybe season two they could flesh that out a bit more do something else with it but yeah that was my only really complaint about it but yeah. cool well i'm gonna give tales of the jedi a i'll give it an eight out of ten it is really good i do feel like it could probably be uh, a bit um a bit tighter but still pretty good all right alma i think spark you've seen pray for the devil too right yes all right the two of you tell me about this movie what what is it was it good worth checking out give me the rundown go ahead Alma. okay so i'll introduce the movie um it's a spooky season and there are halloween movies coming out this is absolutely uh i will call it even a holiday movie um, Pray for the Devil opens in a world where because of the alarming and increasing number of possessions, the church decided to open an exorcism school in Boston. Our hero, Sister Anne, played by Jacqueline Byers, is intrigued by the mysteries of possession, but she's not allowed to study them because they're reserved for priests. Instead, Anne is sent to take care of patients at the center, but Anne is revealed to have a special relationship with the devil. She has been persecuted since she was since she was a kid, um, and she soon receives attacks from the possessed patients. And the church allows her to learn about exorcism, and um, in order to defend herself from these attacks. 
and is taken as an apprentice by Father Queen, played by Colin Salmon. And there's a particular case that calls her attention, the possession of a little girl called Natalie. The movie actually seems promising at the beginning. Like, I really liked it. I will say that it gives MIB and Silence of the Lambs vibes. But as it continues, uh, the flat characters and fakey, flaky plot become more evident. So regarding Anne's character, it feels as if the writer had wrote it with a checklist. Like, there's enough information to make the, char the character coherent, but it lacks all other human-specific traits. That sucks. We're never... I'm sorry? That sucks. Yeah, we're never explained the relationship, um, the nature of the relationship between her and the devil. We're just told, like, um, that she... I will quote the movie so you can hear how cheesy it sounds. She was one of God's chosen ones. And we're never explained that point. <laughs> um, so... This is just for her character, which is the protagonist, but all the other characters are even flatter. Um, they are mostly used to deliver lines in precise moments, and I think that the best example of this is the demon that the movie deals with. We are never... like, it's a completely generic demon. We have no information other than just the fact that it's a demon and it's bad. Mm. Um, and I think that this kind of illustrates my point. Like, pray for the devil, sacrifices the story in order to prioritize, like, jump scares. Does it sound familiar, though? Yeah, totally. There's a lot of there's <laughs> movies like that where it's like, oh, you're not worried about telling a good story. You're just telling, like, you're basically just doing, like, a cheap thrill that... Most people are going to forget about once they leave the theater. Yeah, and, um, well, I have to give, I have to give it about the visuals, though. Like, I think the visuals are the main strength of the movie. Like, Pray From the Devil has one of the creepiest scenes I've ever watched, like, in films in general. Mm. Um, there's one scene that appears in most posters. The one with um, the girl, like, choking, being choked by her hair. Um, that's, a, like, visually, that scene is, is pretty creepy. And there are a lot. There are a lot of those. Um, but, I mean, the dialogue is accurately over-explanatory and unnatural. Um, the plot has too many ideas that are left unexplored. There's a subplot about Anne's childhood, one about sexual disparity in the church. There's one about teenage pregnancy. So there's a lot, but none of them are real, like, explored by the end. Mm. Um, the movie also gives a, too much of an easy answer for the ones that are explored. And um, I have to say that the last 10 minutes of the film are, like, totally 
extra. Like they they sh they should have cut it. Like it, it makes no sense. But mm. um, yeah, I wouldn't say though that this is the worst Halloween film, the worst horror film that I've watched. Um, I didn't get bored while watching it, which I think is a pretty good thing. And, um, I will actually recommend it to anyone that wants to go to the movies now and wants to get, like, a little scared. It's not a movie that will leave you thinking or like will stay in your memory for long like it's totally forgettable but um you can enjoy the visuals <laughs> <laughs> that's something yeah I, i've seen worse at least it's kind of coherent like fair what about you spark what'd you think of the movie yeah, the special effects were good, uh, I will say that, um, but it, uh, as I said this on uh, Instagram, it I, the movie feels like 10 people were each given nine minutes to write, and like they weren't allowed to talk to each other. Uh, it just doesn't, uh, like there's a scene after, and it, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but they're the two like kind of love interests like wink wink are uh, alone and this guy has a tattoo on his hand and she goes something like were, were, were you in a gang and and he's like yeah and then that's kind of it like it's it's not related to anything that happens before or after i mean i i think what they want you to get maybe is that like he was a, a bad person quote unquote before and like that's what drove him to the church but they like they that's it yeah um so uh i don't it's not the worst movie i've ever seen exorcism movies are pretty much all the same um so when you get a good one like the conjuring uh you, you should you should enjoy that sweet sweet milk baby <laughs> usually it's pretty rotten but i still go see them because every once in a while when they're good they are good yeah that's that's funny well what do you what did you think of first score for this movie uh probably a three and a half okay out of 10 or out of 5? Typically we do out of 10. Okay, okay. Yeah, I will agree. Yeah, me too. Three and a half. Well, maybe it's good I, I, I missed out on this movie then, because... <laughs> I, usually, I usually like a good what, horror movie, but this doesn't sound like quite, quite up to snuff. But okay. there's worse. I mean, <laughs> fair. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Uh, and then next up is uh, Drink Water. Uh, Drink Water is this Canadian film, and uh, it was directed by 
uh, a director who worked on uh, works on a lot of uh, Clint Eastwood movies. And uh, Drinkwater is about this guy. He's a bit of a loser. Uh, lives with his dad and uh, who he doesn't call dad. He calls Hank because in his eyes, like his dad doesn't deserve enough respect to be called dad. He just calls him Hank. Uh, and Hank's uh, living on disability, but he's also faking it. He doesn't actually have a disability, but he walks around with a cane and on a scooter to scam the insurance agents. Uh, and then uh, this girl moves next to him, and he decides, I'm going to uh, finally try to ask out this other girl, this girl that he's had a crush on for the longest time, so this other girl helps him. And they uh, enter him into a race so he can win a scholarship and also impress this girl. And uh, things don't quite go according to plan, but, I mean, it's uh, that's part of the fun of these movies. Um, yeah, it was actually a very heartwarming, fun movie. Uh, legitimately got some laughs in the theaters I, I was watching it in, which I thought was great. Um, yeah. Generally, really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, I think the only real complaint is that this was a little bit on the longer side. Uh, it's around two hours long, and I think it could have been a bit shorter, like probably closer to like an hour, 30, hour, or 40. Uh, would have probably been a better sweet spot for it. But still a very good movie. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. I give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, it's playing now in theaters. Okay, let's take... One last quick break, and then we're going to recap House of the Dragon, Love is Blind, and then talk about our movie club, which is Mr. Wright. Back in a bit. All right, we're back. And 
Let's talk about House of the Dragon. Adam, did you watch the season finale? I did. And uh, what did you think of how they wrapped things up? It was a pretty good finale. Pretty strong finale. Um, yeah. I yeah, agree. everything from the first hit hear the news and just how it all unravels. It's like, I mean, that ending was pretty crazy, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where we should start, but <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, Rhaenyra basically, uh, yeah, like, she she's basically found out that Viserys is dead and that the Ellicents have basically assumed, assumed control. Um, yeah, she doesn't take this well. And she starts making plans, which I thought was great. Like, it, I thought maybe they would drag out, like, her being in denial or something, but no, she's like, okay, well, we gotta get shit done. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, of the, mm -hmm. of the, yeah, it kind of backfires for her at the end of the episode when, uh, what 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 happens to her son? Um, yeah. yeah, there was a lot that happened in this, even um, like with the the child that she gave birth to, and like the complications from that. Um, yeah, a lot of people it's made it hard to watch. It was like <laughs> getting yeah. a lot of pretty gory close-ups, and I'm like, my goodness. Yeah, at a certain point, like, I thought she was just, like, punching her gut to, like, get the baby out. I was like, what the fuck? It's weird. I liked, uh, kind of the back and forth between her and Damon, though, when they're, like, planning on the strategy. Mm -hmm. Uh, because Damon's, like, been in war before. He's very much, he's just like, let's just attack now. Yeah. Like, we have the dragons, we can do it. But, you know, she's trying to take the peaceful route. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to avoid conflict and death. Um, She's trying to be yeah, and she tried, and <laughs> I think that strategy is out the window now. Yeah, um, I definitely yeah. think like what happens with Amen uh, at the end, like definitely was a case of like you knew there was going to be something. And what's interesting is in the books, what Amen does, he it makes it out that he's more purposeful and intentful with his actions, but in this. Like, mm. you actually hear him before the dragon attacks um, the sun there. Like, he's actually like, wait, stop. Like, he's telling the dragon, stop, because I think he knows what's going to happen when that happens. Anyway. Yeah. I thought it was just interesting. It kind of gave Eamon a bit more dimension of a as a character. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, it's not that he's just like, yeah, go, go, go kill this other dragon. Like he actually did kind of have a little bit of an intention to not let things get out of hand. Obviously, it still did, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and, uh, yeah no, definitely. I, I think he was just trying to, like, tease the kid and have some fun with him. Scare him um, a bit, yeah. Yeah, but I, I liked, because uh, that, what happened with the dragons there, it kind of, like, uh, kind of gives some context to, like, what Rhaenerys was saying, where... She was like, why Why she doesn't want to use the dragons in war? Because she was like, last time that happened, like, the whole world burned and the dragons just kind of went crazy, you know? And it's almost like once dragons start fighting each other, they, they stop obeying their riders. Mm. Um, and we saw, like, a pretty dramatic example of that, you know? Um, so I, I thought that was kind of good kind of foreshadowing or mm -hmm. uh, even kind of like a, a look at maybe what went wrong in the past. Um yeah, because I don't think he mean, meant it. And you see the look on his face at the end there, too. He's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. he knows he's just started a war. Mm -hmm. Did anybody else watch House of the Dragon? I guess I should ask. 
Yeah, I saw it. You saw it? What did you think of the finale? Um, I, I, hadn't, I haven't read any of the books, and I actually told uh, Sabrina, I was like, one of her kids is going to die. Uh, and she was like, what makes you think that? And I said, because they always kill major characters in the beginning and in the end. And they can't kill Damon. They can't kill Matt and they can't kill her. Because like, this, you, you need protagonists slash villains. Yeah. Uh, and they can't kill the queen and they can't kill uh, the king because obviously, right? So who does that leave that the audience would be sad about? Like, if you killed a hand, who cares? <laughs> like, good. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to shed a tear. So it has to be a character that we're supposed to like. Yeah. But that is so few people in this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't leave a lot of good options. Uh, so I thought it's going to be the daughters, which, like, doesn't seem fair. Uh, or it's going to be the kids. And then they kind of laid it on hard with that speech. Where I was like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. I wasn't sure before, but now I know what's about to happen. So that was a rare thing where I was like, the writing on this show usually, subtle isn't a word you use with Game of Thrones very often, but mm -hmm. they do kind of, they don't usually softball it to you like that. So I was a little disappointed um, with, that. it didn't mean that the scene wasn't impactful, mm -hmm. but... It just was like you guys are a little bit better than this. Like let's 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 use, let's use a, a a needle, not a a hammer. Oh, but okay. outside of that, um, yeah, good. I mean, this was a very well done show. Um, the CGI looks great. They didn't overuse dragons to me. They really spent a lot of time like building characters up in their relationships. Mm -hmm. um, most of the biggest scenes in this movie didn't involve fighting at all, sorry, in the show. So, yeah, that's my, like, one kind of significant complaint. But other than that, I was, I was very pleased with this last episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. I, I like how they wrap it up, too, because they've left, obviously, things off where, like, now is on, like, a warpath, and uh, that's going to lead to some things... I've read the book, so I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, like, it definitely does lead to, like, blood being shed on both sides, and, uh, yeah, it's, like, if you thought this season was a little slow, like, next season's gonna pick up quite a bit, there's gonna be quite a bit of some interesting stuff to come, so, just knowing, like, what's coming next, and, like, I'm already kind of, like, trying to, like, plot in my head, because, like, obviously they have, like, a ton of books to, they have bo the books to cover, and, like, I don't think they're going to cover everything next season, obviously, but, like, it, I, I have a good feeling for where they're going to take things in season two, and I'm really excited for it, so, yeah. Um, oh, also, um, there it is interesting because if you watch Game of Thrones and you, like, actually watch, they, like, they let you know about winners and losers. Like, you don't know the specifics of how, but you know the results. Yeah. Um, because they talk about it um, and they name kings and their, and their reigns uh, <laughs> that are being introduced now. Uh, so 
there are some things where it's like, I kind of know, but I don't know how. And I'm very excited because I'm not reading the books to see how we get to this point that we already know. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, let's maybe rate this episode and rate the season as a whole. What's everyone thinking for a score? I'm going to give both a nine. Give the episode a nine and the season as a whole a nine. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was really strong, really good character development. Um, and I'm very excited for what's coming next. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Like, I mean, yeah. If you haven't read the books, you have no idea. It's going to be, again, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, there's, there's some crazy shit coming. Cool. Um, I'd say nines also. Um, I, uh, you know, they had some wildly large shoes to fill with how the last one ended to like convince people. Um, I think people kind of forget how we all felt six months ago about Game of Thrones. Yeah. So uh, that they were able to step into that. I, I, I do not award HBO. HBO was like, we have to make money. This is how late. But the writers that took it on, like, I'm I'm proud of you guys. Like there was there was a lot at stake here. If you had a bad first couple episodes, this the show was gonna bomb. Mm. Good good work. Yeah, I think the the series is focused on like what people like about Game of Thrones, which is like the interpersonal drama, interspersed with like some sex and some action. Like it's a relatively simple formula when you think about it. But like yeah, I think they definitely got a little too complicated with the less couple seasons of Game of Thrones. So many people even say, like, oh, the last season was bad. I'm like, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like, I started to see that show kind of decline, at least in my opinion. But, yeah, no, this has been a good return to form for Game of Thrones. And I think it shows that, yeah, that IP, that property is still very good. Um, yeah, I I was thinking, like, I don't want to be, like, me too. I'm also 9 and 9. But the more I, I try to talk myself out of it, the more I can't. So, yeah, I'm just going to say 9 and 9. I like. It is universally across the board a great show, so no complaints from me. Um, I think my only real issue, what keeps it from being a 10, is that, yeah, there were some episodes that felt a little bit like filler and kind of kept the thing, like the story kind of stagnant a little bit, but I mean, also this first season was going to be a lot of setup and we kind of knew that going in, so um, I, I kind of... I'm okay with that, and yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see where they take things next, because I think it's going to be a largely pretty exciting show, so. I do also want to say at the end that, like, in my opinion, which we haven't discussed, like, season one of your Game of Thrones is, like, one of the best season ones of all time. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I was not expecting that out of this. Uh, and I think if people were, maybe they were a little disappointed. I mean, that thing is it's 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 almost perfect uh so I, I i think again good good work for what you were up against yeah cool uh yeah we'll skip love is blind chat well we'll catch them with the couples next week i uh, yeah they're all just being crazy right now so all right, let's get a, go ahead to our movie club this week, which is Mr. Wright. Uh, Spark, you chose this movie. Great choice, by yes. the way. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, it's funny because um, a friend of mine who uh, lives in Vancouver is in this movie. So uh, as I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, hey, I forgot you were in this movie. And uh, he plays the um, Johnny Moon. So Oh, well, he's like, oh, don't say in this movie because that usually means like they were like a waiter. No, no. No, he's like a star of this movie. Yeah, he's a pretty big part of this movie, yeah. And I was like, I remember I watched the movie when it came out because he was like, hey, I'm in this movie. And I watched it, and I watched it again. I'm like, hey, there you are. So. What's up, buddy? Yeah, but yeah. Mr. Wright. Did anybody else watch this movie? <laughs> no. All right. Spark and I, we got, we're going to carry this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I chose. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I, well, I chose this. is This is one of my favorite uh, romantic comedies. Um, it is one that you have to buy into, right? Like it's, you have to agree with the premises, with the premise of the movie. It isn't just gonna like be good. Uh, and what I mean by that is like there are a lot of decisions that like Anna Kendrick makes that are like a normal person would be like this is nonsense, but they like keep telling you she is not a normal person, uh, and they kind of get swept up in this insanity together um, in a in a way that makes sense and i think that sam and anna i mean they're both very charming people they, they could have chemistry with a wall um so putting them together is i think genius from a casting perspective um their age difference is a bit jarring in 2022 and it wasn't when i saw it in like 2017 or something i just wasn't paying attention but now i watch it i'm like older than i would like but uh, <laughs> Nevertheless, um, I think it's a fun, unique premise. I think that um, Sam is great, and I, I have more to say, but I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I always think romantic comedies have a bit of an uphill battle just because it's like, how do you make a movie that like is a romantic comedy and also like the other parts of that movie also work really well? What I liked about this movie is that, like, even though it's a romantic comedy, like, there's also a good amount of action, a good amount of, like, comedy in there, too. I mean, well, yeah, it's rom-com, but, like, even the comedy worked really well. Like, it's just, uh, it's a movie that works even if you were to take out the romantic aspect of it. I think it doesn't need it, although it does make the movie better that it's in it. So, um, yeah, no, I, this movie's great. Uh, the performances are good. Uh, yeah, I do agree that, like, it there's definitely an age difference there and part of me is like oh okay then but uh yeah for the most part i uh i really enjoy this so um yeah trying to think what else to say i yeah i i just find this movie works pretty well like there was like a slew of kind of movies like this in like the 2010s uh like movies where it's like oh there's a you know, a hitman or gangster or whatever mob person. And they, they, they get like a heart of gold. There's a, there's a few movies like that. So I think this is one of the better ones. Um, i trying to remember who wrote this movie. I wanted to say it was um, Max Landis. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, so oh. maybe, 
Maybe that's something we can dock from this movie. Max Landis wrote it. I mean, that's interesting. <laughs> a little problematic these days, but yeah. Um, I will say I think maybe something that helps this along um, is that uh, it, it has the kind of dumb villain that is like pretty one-dimensional or villains that we're not supposed to like the rom-coms have. But yeah. then it also has Tim Roth, uh, who's great in this, by the way. Um, yeah. Like, it's weird to see him in this, especially with this, the She-Hulk stuff. But um, he uh, he's a side villain that they, like, follow a lot more. Uh, it, it, there's just a lot more character development in this than you would expect from this type of movie. And... Uh, so when that final fight with them kind of happens, you're like, wait, I'm kind of invested in this. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it is, yeah. 100%, yeah. Like, they, they set up that rivalry so well, so. Cool. Uh, and they're playing with each other. It's like a cat and mouse thing. Anyway, yeah, I would... I have... Like, to be okay, so I shouldn't say it's all good, right? There are... Like, the two kind of Johnny Moon and those characters, right? Like, I do, it, it is a cliche to have those just be like, they're bad because they are. <laughs> if, yeah. if we could just have, like, just the, the smallest bit of, uh, of layering. <laughs> that would just, I don't, because they do it with his brother. He has a psychiatrist. He's like, we're, like they give him some spice. Give them some spice. So that's that's a small criticism I have. Mm-hmm. I can see that for sure. Okay. Uh, okay. What uh, what do you think of her score for this movie? Um, I'd probably go seven and a half or uh, eight. Fair. Like I love it, but if we're if we're just for being a bit more fair. <laughs> yeah. Let's buy. Like I would give it a ten, right? But like realistically, I, I think it's a seven and a half, probably. Yeah, I I would, I do. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. I mean, I do like it. It does kind of seem a little unmemorable at times. Like there's a lot of stuff I like, and like I do like it when I'm watching it, and then I forget about it afterwards, and I just think the yes. movie maybe like just. <laughs> for whatever reason, like, lacks a lasting impact, and uh, it shouldn't, because it's got a lot of things working for it. It should leave you with, like, a cool, like, a great impression of this movie, but it doesn't really, so. Um, yeah, so. <sighs> cool. And then, uh, next week, we'll watch No Country for Old Men, that great Coen Brothers movie. Uh, I haven't seen that since it came out. I haven't seen it in a while either, and I was thinking, I'm like, I'm gonna kind of want to rewatch that, revisit that movie because I, I love it. It's great. So we'll we'll watch that. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's playing on HBO Max. I want to say in the U.S. And I think in Canada here it's um, playing. Oh no, yeah, on Canada in Canada it's on Netflix, and then. If you're watching it in the U.S., it is on HBO Max. So we'll watch that next week. And then we'll just think of just how depressed everything is. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.